Welcome to HR Insights, the podcast, topical discussions with and for our global HR community. Hi, and welcome back to HR Insights, the podcast with your host, Emily Ramji. This week, I'm recording my final episode of series two, and I'm lucky to be chatting to Missy Lafferty, founder and principal at Beam Talent. Missy is a recruiting master. At Beam Talent, she helps high-grade companies identify, attract, and hire top talent. In her free time, she is a parent to two boys, aged three and one, so she's pretty busy. And she also enjoys the great outdoors, swimming and hiking. But what she's most excited about is to see live music again. Missy, I think I am as well. I've missed live music. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to be here. To kick things off, um, as we always do, so our listeners can get to know you a little, I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions. The first one being, what do you see as the biggest HR trend for 2021? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, There are so many things happening right now, but I think the biggest HR trend of 2021 is redefining the employee experience in a new workplace. So whether it's remote, hybrid, or in the office, just thinking about how do employees want to engage, how to foster community, um, offering compelling and meaningful benefits like mental health or wellness resources, and also greater flexibility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're definitely seeing and hearing a lot about that. So yeah, cool to hear that that's what's on your agenda as well. Um, Bit of a curveball question here, Missy. What was your dream job when you were 10? Yeah, I love this question. My dream job when I was 10 was to be a writer and a broadcaster. So maybe I'm living it now on this podcast, but (laughs) I loved writing stories and recording little radio shows (laughs) with my best friend. (laughs) I'm definitely enabling that dream. (laughs) Um, What would be your top wellness tip? Uh. So I know you asked this question because I'm a listener to HR Insights, and my advice is something that I think my partner is going to laugh at when he hears because I don't actually live it that well myself. But uh, digital detox is really great having, you know, one or two hours without a phone every day. Like I said, this is not something I'm good at, but I'm certainly trying. Mm, Yeah, thank you. And what about your favorite podcast? You've mentioned you do listen to us, which is awesome to hear, but are there any others that you could recommend to um, the listeners globally? Yeah. So one podcast that I love, it's called On Point. It's from WBUR Boston. So it's a radio show and it's also a podcast. I became a news junkie working for a media company and On Point goes more in depth on current events. They talk to newsmakers, they talk to real people. It's just really in-depth coverage of, of what's happening in the world. That sounds brilliant. Thanks very much for sharing. So our podcast today delves into how organisations can best attract job applicants in the new world of work. At the time of recording this episode, the teams at Elliott Scott HR are experiencing candidate short market in pretty much all of our regional hubs. Candidates are receiving multiple offers and certain skill sets are in incredibly short supply. We've also seen how the pandemic has helped open up a new remote talent pool that presents both opportunities and challenges to organisations. So as a result, smart organisations are making changes to their recruitment strategies and are increasing their pace of decision making through the recruitment process. Missy, I know you're working with a range of clients at the moment um, and have got a deep level of expertise within the field of recruitment. What are the struggles that you're seeing at the moment with some of your clients? 
Yeah, Emily, I think your summary of what Elliot's got is seeing is a great reflection of what I'm seeing with my clients as well. There are two main issues in the market right now for the companies that I work with. The first, like you said, is worker scarcity. Um, and the competition for talent is so, so intense right now. Um, the second one is navigating a new world of work and figuring out how to hire people, how to support employees um, in, in, in what seems to be the, the future. Um, so hiring has picked up in 2021, but as companies rebound, the, it, the worker shortage is a significant headwind um, for all the employers I'm working with. I think um, especially I'm seeing it in the U.S., but it really is a global issue. Um, it's challenging. My clients are getting really creative with how to fuel growth um, when there's when there's a worker shortage. So it's challenging, but it, it can be a little bit fun as well because I think they're willing to try new things. Um, navigating the world of work, it's a brand new challenge. It really does feel like an opportunity uh, to revisit how and why we did things before. Um, so this gives employers a chance to, to hire employees and tap talent very intentionally or very creatively. Um, the range from workplace models and the decision to return to the office as well um, as deciding what or figuring out what attracts employees is also something that employers are really looking at and thinking about intentionally. So, Missy, you mentioned creativity there. Can you give us an example of something that one of your clients is doing to be particularly creative in this candidate short market? Absolutely. So one of my clients, I can go into a lot more detail about who they are, but to keep the story short at the top, they are a small company. They don't have a huge brand name. They're well known in their headquarter city, but truly that's it. Uh, you know, in the in the U.S. market, they're kind of a nobody. But the pandemic really gave them an opportunity to hire anywhere in the U.S. They're U.S. based. They are posting on job boards, not getting a lot of response because no one knows who they are. And when I did a focus group with their existing employees and recent, recent hires who had applied for the job, the things that attracted them were the excellent training program and their ability to foster community in a, in a remote environment. So they've done a really good job of connecting people, keeping people engaged, uh, giving, frankly, they have you know, early career employees, so people who are in their, their first job often out of school, who are looking for a sense of community and a network, and they're giving people that feeling even when they're behind their computer. We thought about how we could really bring this across in, in a digital world, so in our ads. Um, and one thing that, that became clear was people do really like to have some kind of hub, a physical hub. So their original um, headquarters, they had a space in an incubator. It was really communal. Um, so what they're doing is actually looking for other cities with similar demographics and setting up um, secondary headquarters. So it might be a small office space. The expectation is not that people are working there all the time, but you know they build this community. People in the community know who they are. They can focus their advertising and build a brand um, you know, in a market and then give people that feeling where they can still meet each other. They can work from home, but they still have a place to go. They can get together you know, after work. And it also helps. Uh, it also helps bring in referrals, which is, you know, typically such a great source of talent. So that's one way that a client is really rethinking how to do remote hiring. It seems counterintuitive to open an office when you're thinking of remote work work as a opportunity, but for them, it makes sense with their brand. It's almost that notion of for a lot of people, hybrid is still best. It's looking at the positives of not having to commute the cost, the time as much as we used to 
for the sake of being at a desk every day, but on the flip side, the benefit of having the space to think and do something different on the commute to leave your house to then have that in-person time with colleagues and with external partners, with friends socially afterwards. You know, there's a lot of people that are still seeking that and want some balance. And actually, that's very hard to achieve, isn't it? If you've got such a scattered workforce where people are working remotely and they're either too far away from a pre-existing office to come in or, you know, there's just not that critical mass, even if they were going in somewhere within the same team or, um, you know, various other demographics and functions. So it's interesting how that company has specifically developed a strategy along those lines. And I actually think we'll probably see more of that with clients globally. Um, But it's food for thought for organisations that are starting to now go out and recruit in different talent pools, maybe assuming that they'll be able to attract talent in those areas in exactly the same way as they have been able to in an area where they've got more of a brand. Um, But yes kind of yeah what might then be um a challenge in that that thought process as they put it into action yeah that's a great way to summarize it and as companies do switch to hiring more remote workers because i think we are going to see more of that you know it obviously does provide a larger talent pool to the talent shortages we were talking about before can you think of any other opportunities and or challenges um that organizations will will go through or, or need to consider ahead of time Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when it comes to opportunities, the talent market just opens way up. I remember pre-pandemic, a few years um, pre-pandemic, an employer that I was working for, I was, you know, in the recruiting side, they were really resistant to, to keeping this employee who wanted to go remote. And I just couldn't understand the rigidity. You know, we, this was a great employee that had a great track record, but they really wanted people in, in the office. Um, but now companies have seen, you know, people can work well remotely and, and you just have such great access to talent that you didn't have before. So that's really the big opportunity. So on the challenges side, the things that I work with clients on are number one, navigating employment law. Obviously, this is a challenge across countries, but you know, in the U.S. with uh, with clients, I see it across states and even localities. Um, making sure that you're compliant everywhere where you employ uh, employ people. Another thing is ensuring that employees are equipped well for remote work. So this is something that employers that I work with haven't thought about before, but we actually have integrated it into interview questions. Do people have good connectivity? Um, Do people have the hardware that they need? And then even what motivates them, how they stay motivated when they're not in an office space and they're sitting maybe in their living room. Um, So so probing that as part of the interview process. Um, Another challenge is fostering community without a physical space. And I've seen some clients who are doing this really, really well. I think it can be done. Uh, I think this is one of those things that pre-pandemic, people had a lot of skepticism around it. But I've seen companies really flourish during the pandemic uh, by being connected digitally. Um, And then finally, a huge challenge, and I think probably the main thing that I'm working with clients on now, is how to market your company and how to brand your company, especially if you don't have a huge brand um, or you don't have a huge brand where you're now hiring. Um, so that's a that's a big challenge. It can be uh, really hard, something new that companies are up against, and, and it can be expensive as well. Mm. And before I kind of ask you a bit more about that piece, I'm curious to know in terms of the sense of community, like what you've seen clients do and, and have success in that space, and, and also kind of what is sustainable, because I remember 
you know, back at the beginning of the pandemic last year, particularly as an organization internally at Elliot Scott HR, you know, we started to do like group exercise and group challenges for planking and running. And we had bake-offs and we had cocktail hours and we had like, you know, silly team meets, but it kind of fizzled. People kind of got to a point where we got bored or life began to open up again. And so we weren't quite so restricted as we were in that true sense of lockdown, which is obviously different to when you've got a hybrid workforce where some people can meet up and go out for beers and, you know, do things collectively in a room versus those that are remote. Um, And yeah, I'm just curious to know what's worked and what ideas you might be able to share with our listeners globally in that space. Yeah. So the first thing is being really clear about the employer values as part of onboarding. So when people join, being very clear about this is what our, you know, this is what our company stands for. This is what people value here. So people joining don't have a sense that they need to figure it all out on their own. You know, it's, it's communicated to them very clearly. Meeting people, meeting a lot of people as part of their onboarding um, is, is another great thing to do. I also think having informal communities, I mean, I see it a lot on Slack, but, you know, whatever platform you use, you could do it, um, that aren't necessarily um, short, short-term short challenges, but, you know, ongoing kind of organically grown communities. So um, I've seen pets channels uh, where people just share pictures of their pets, uh, people who have a pet can join. And uh, in one of the channels that I'm in recently, someone said that they just got a dog for the express reason that they want to share something in the pets channel. Um, So (laughs) having things like that, it just kind of gives you a familiarity with people who you're not on a Zoom call with every every day. and, And that's a nice thing to do. I think another thing is sharing, you know sharing what's happening in your life. So uh, the managers at one client that I work with have made an effort at the beginning of meetings to establish some kind of rapport, have some kind of communication that's a little bit more casual before getting into, into the meeting, which, you know, that happens naturally in most settings. But I think being intentional about it and figuring out, you know, what are the kinds of questions that are inclusive to ask, uh, you know, what people are doing, um, what show they're watching or things like that. Um, it can just be a way to bring people in, have people share something a little bit outside of, of what's going on at work. Um, another thing I've seen that I think does a really nice job of fostering community is, um, being really transparent about what's happening in the business. I think, um, this has been one of the challenges that I didn't really expect going from an office to remote, but, because you're not seeing people all the time and you're not chit-chatting in the office, one thing that is lost is understanding like what is happening at the, you know, at the leadership level of the company, what are challenges happening in other departments. One client that I have in their monthly meeting is sharing, you know, really transparently like financial results and performance, what's happening, you know, what are some client stories, both good and bad. Um, I, when I first joined them, um, I was kind of surprised with what they were sharing, but I realized that it has really fostered this sense of everyone's in it together. Everyone's welcome to kind of share their thoughts and share their feedback and really help out. And it's given the sense that, you know, we're all on the same boat going in the same direction because of this transparency. So I found that to be really helpful as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I can buy into that. Um, as I can, the two or three other ideas you shared. So thanks. Hopefully that's given our listeners, yeah, just some additional ideas to go after if they're sort of trying to nurture community online in a slightly different way. And I now want to pick up on what you were saying before about branding. Um, yeah. 
And, you know, again, as we started off by saying in a, a market where it is very difficult to attract employees, how can organizations do that in this new world of work? What tips can you share? Yeah. So there are a few things that I recommend to any uh, company that's struggling with this or trying to do a better job. One is to be incredibly clear on their target persona. So that's language that comes straight out of marketing. I think it is a little different in recruiting because you want to think of a target persona more in terms of skills or previous experience or, you know, potential. Um, but still being really clear on like what that looks like, what you're trying, what you're trying to find in the market and think creatively too. you know, how someone could have developed these skills, um, being clear on that will really help you figure out where to market, where to message, what communities to tap, to find this talent. Um, so that's the first thing. I think the second thing is thinking through what has made you successful in the past, um, so I mentioned this before, but I did focus groups at one client with new hires um, and with people who had been there for a while and were really successful and asking them what attracted them, what kept them at the company, you know, and out of that came these really great stories from the new employees. It just told me what was working with what we were doing, but from the employees who had been there for a long time. Um, it really gave me a lot of content and a lot of ideas to think about how what worked in the past could be redone. In, in the current market. So an example is training came up, you know, this company um, does a great job with training They're, you know, it's, it's a part of their pitch. It really helps people launch the next step of their career. And we didn't really have a good way that we were putting that forward. So thinking through, you know, maybe something we were doing successfully before doesn't translate in this new world. How do we, how do we make, create that message? So just drawing on what you were saying earlier, Missy, in one of your examples where a client didn't have didn't have a particularly strong brand or wasn't so well known um, across a broader market where they were looking to attract people. Have you got any other um, perspectives on how organizations in that camp can go about attracting talent? Yeah. So there's two things that I think can work really well. Um, or at, least, at least these are two ideas that I've seen work uh, with, with my clients. One is having a really great and really clear story. So, you know, this is like the employee, uh, the em employer value proposition. Why should people come work with you? What is the experience of working with you? Frankly, even part of the story is what is it going to be like to interview with you? I think when talent is so scarce, um, people have a lot of options. They don't want to spend a lot of time exploring opportunities with companies they may not be interested in. So being really clear up front, like why should someone join you? Um, and making sure that's reflected not just in your marketing material and what you put out online, but how your recruiting team speaks about the opportunity and in interviews, how hiring managers speak about the opportunity, and even how employees are talking about working for you, um, you know, giving, giving employees content that they can share or, you know, kind of prompting them with, what, what would you say about working for us? How does it feel? And then trying to use that language or, or encouraging them to use that language online. A second thing that uh, I've seen my clients do, or I've encouraged my clients to do is frankly, outbound sourcing. Um, this kind of comes and goes based on the market. Um, if you have a very clear target persona, if you have a clear idea of the skills you want or the experiences that people have, actually going out in the market and reaching out to these people proactively, um, especially if you have a strong story to tell, um, you know, people who may not have considered you or aren't familiar with your brand, or frankly, are not even looking, um, if you can have a really targeted audience and, and approach them with a story that's compelling, they may want to have a conversation with you. And we found this to be a pretty successful tactic right now. 
Mm, that's interesting. So rather than actually looking at vacancies within the organisation, it's almost more about attracting those passive candidates at a point where you're building a pipeline that may be an immediate hire, but actually might just be almost connecting and building talent pools with the right sorts of people for the future as well. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think that's a really important piece of advice, actually, of how people can be far more proactive in thinking about their recruitment. And also something you touched on there was around just how recruitment teams need to be so clear on the EVP. But also we're hearing from the market just their eagerness to get talent across the line. And by eagerness, I mean the pace of decision-making, um, the excitement around the hire. We've had you know, candidates that have got multiple roles that they're interviewing for or offers on the table. And companies actually with a really strong brand in the market have been surprised that they're losing candidates. And often that has been because they're just too bureaucratic and long-winded in their recruitment processes still, and they're not able to catch up with newer players in the field that might not have the brand strength or potentially the additional benefits, et cetera, but actually they've been keen and they've been able to put people at, at, in front of the candidates interview and make decisions far more quickly. Yeah, Emily, that is a great point that I should have mentioned. Uh, speed is something that is definitely an asset for these smaller companies. Um, one of my clients, I set a goal for them to get back to every applicant within 12 hours, well, you know, 12 business hours, I guess I should say, <laughs> um, and to have an offer out within a week from the time that they first meet until, um, un until they have an offer out. And that, I mean, coming from large organizations, that is pretty much impossible. But if you have a lean team, you can make that happen. And it really does make a difference. Mm, yeah, that's cool. Um, Missy, before we wrap up, I'm just curious to ask you, what is it that you enjoy most about specifically working on recruitment challenges? You're clearly someone that's had a really successful career within the recruitment industry um, on different sides of the table and you're now advising in this space. Um, yeah, how would you answer that? Yeah, so I've always been fascinated with how people find jobs um, and how people establish careers. And I've just had so much fun sitting at the intersection of how these matches happen. So when companies find great talent and they, they find someone who will help them push for the next big goal and when individuals land their next big opportunity, it just is really energizing to me. Um, and I think there's so much transformation happening in the space right now from data analytics and technology. So it's just been really fun to be part of an industry that I think is changing so much and, and moving in a really exciting direction. Thanks for sharing. It's interesting to hear your perspective on that piece too. And look, I think as a business that's also working within the industry, you know, the pace of change and the degree of change at the moment globally is interesting. And we're just really encouraging our listeners through through this particular episode of the podcast to embrace that um, and look to reach out if you need support or partnership on any of these recruitment challenges. Missy, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Um, wishing you all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to share any thoughts or comments, you can get in touch with our host, Emily Ramji at er at elliotskyhr.com. Elliot Sky HR is an award-winning specialist in HR recruitment. We serve the HR community globally and have placed HR leaders in over 30 countries. There are over 90,000 members in the Elliot Sky HR community. Please join us via our website, elliotskyhr.com or our LinkedIn page. 
take a look at the other episodes in our podcast series, your blog, and check out our upcoming events hosted in our five global locations. 